0: Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. Today, there are some major new announcements involving your health as a result of several large-scale studies. The first will affect standard care in breast cancer treatment. It found that most women with the most common form of breast cancer diagnosed at an early stage do not need chemotherapy. It was a study of more than 10,000 women with early estrogen receptor positive breast cancer and found that 67% of them, for 67% of them, chemotherapy made no difference to their lifespan or to the return of the disease and that was based on the results of a genetic test that's readily available and according to a study published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal more than 250,000 Canadian baby boomers are believed to be infected with hepatitis C but between 40 and 70% of them are unaware that they have the bloodborne virus and that's because it can take decades for the symptoms to become Evident, it can lead to chronic infection, it can lead to cirrhosis of the liver or even liver cancer. So the recommendation is standard testing for everyone in this age bracket. I'm going to give the numbers. Again, in case you have questions, 416 toll-free 866 740 Right now, we are going to Dr. Sohail Gandhi from the Ontario Medical Association, the president-elect, as well as Dr. Jordan Feld, who is a liver specialist at Toronto General Hospital. Thank you so much to you both. Hello. Hello. Okay, Thanks so... First of all, a question for the breast cancer treatment. Uh, It's a pretty common disease. The statistic, of course, is one in nine women will have breast cancer in her lifetime. I'm a breast cancer survivor. I thought that this was already the standard of care. Uh, Certainly, I know since I was diagnosed a long time ago, women with, you know, stage one, that's early stage estrogen receptor positive breast cancer did not get chemotherapy. So what is new about this study?
2: Uh, Sure, I'll take that. So what's new is that there's a classification score that you're given Uh, if you have this particular kind of cancer and about I believe about 50% of women who are diagnosed with breast cancer fall into this category of estrogen receptor positive and there's a human epidermal factor as well that's negative that is part of this um, cancer Uh, and in previously what we used to say is if your score on uh, something called the Oncotype DX that's the test that assays about 21 of your genes and uh, does a series of analysis on them if your score was 10 or less, you're, you're quite right. You'd be someone like yourself who would not need chemotherapy. Um, oh, I but, needed
1: it. <laughs> but oh, never My mind, apologies. that's My irrelevant. My I,
2: I misunderstood what you said. But, um, and in the 11 to 25, your score was from between 11 to 25, you were still given chemotherapy. Well, the difference is with this new test result, we know that it's, if your test score is under 25, which is about 70% of women, then you don't need chemotherapy. So what we've done is we've managed, or what the study has done, is it's managed to increase the number of women who don't need chemotherapy uh, as a result of this study.
1: And uh, how much of that has to do with the size of the tumor, or is is that just one of the factors, the size of the tumor, and I guess what they call the velocity of the tumor, or how aggressive it
2: is? So uh, the study looked at the size of the tumor being under five centimeters, Uh, and then it looked at the hormone receptor, and it made sure that the tumor hadn't already spread. If, unfortunately, the tumor spread, then you don't qualify for this. Uh, So there were some very strict criteria, and it does not apply to all women with breast cancer or diagnosed with breast cancer, but when you go through the numbers, it does apply, as I said, to about 50% of newly diagnosed uh, women with breast cancer.
1: Five centimeters is huge.
2: Uh, Well, actually, it can be considered huge, but... Uh, It's actually relatively small in the grand scheme of things when it comes to breast cancer.
1: Okay. Uh, Let us move along to Dr. Jordan Feld. We've known for a long time that uh, hepatitis C is a big problem and that people are walking around with it and have no idea.
3: Yes, it's a huge problem. I think our our greatest challenge with hepatitis C is exactly what you said: is that the majority of people, in fact, who are living with this infection don't know they have it. And I always say to my patients, the best thing about liver disease is it has no symptoms, and the worst thing about liver disease is that it has no symptoms. The, the problem is people often don't know that the liver is quite damaged. Uh, they don't they don't recognize that until they present with really complications of liver failure when the liver really starts to. Um, not do the jobs in the body that it needs to. And at that point, uh, treating hepatitis C is still possible, but it's certainly um, not not what we're trying to do. We'd like to identify this infection before it causes liver damage, treat those people. And the great thing about Hep C is we can actually cure it. Unlike other chronic infections, this is not just suppressed or put into remission, but it's actually a cure.
1: And that's pretty recent, I think.
3: Yes, it's in the last few years. So, starting in 2014, we've had treatments that are very different from our old therapies. So, instead of the old injectable therapies that had a lot of side effects and didn't work very well, our new treatments are as simple as one or a couple of pills a day, taken for as short as eight or as long as 12 weeks, so two or three months, um, and cure rates of 95% or higher.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer on Zuma Radio.
1: Welcome back. Uh, we are talking about some important medical breakthroughs, new guidelines, and we're talking to Dr. Sohail Gandhi, the president-elect of the Ontario Medical Association, and Dr. Jordan Feld. Dr. Feld is a liver specialist at Toronto General Hospital. Uh, We've been talking about uh, a recommendation that boomers be tested for hepatitis C. Dr. Feld, is this something that should happen in the context of a checkup, or how would this happen?
3: Yeah, that's exactly the way we'd like to see it done. So since 2012, the U.S. has been recommending this. And we we, uh, know that this could help policy sense in Canada as well. So the reason we've recommended uh, screening people born between the years 1945 and 75, the so-called baby boomers, is of people living with Hep C in Canada, somewhere between two thirds and three quarters of all of the infected people were born between those years. And as we discussed before, most of them don't know it. So what we're recommending is rather than using a risk factor based screening approach, which is what's been done in the past where you had to remember your risk factor, your doctor had to know about it, both of you had to coordinate and get a test done. We're just suggesting that just like we do testing for cholesterol or blood pressure or breast cancer, as we, you were talking about before, uh, based on your age, we would do the same thing, that you just come in, and if you're in that age bracket, we would recommend getting a one-time screen for hepatitis C. It's a very simple but very specific blood test, and if it's positive, the great news is is that you can then go on to get linked to care and very likely cured of your infection.
1: Okay, we have a question from Heidi in Toronto. Hello, Heidi. Hello, how are you? We're fine, thank you. That's good. Thank you for having such an important program on. I think one of my questions has already been answered. I wondered if there's a screening test, which is a blood test. My other question related uh, to that, is there a preventive vaccination like there is with hepatitis A and B, which I believe is called Twinrix. I've had that vaccination. Is there something for hepatitis C, a preventive vaccination?
3: Well, that's a great question, and we're we're working on it. But currently, there is no vaccine for hepatitis C, which is one of the reasons that we are pushing so strongly to get people screened and treated. Because um, fortunately, if you if the infection is found early and cured, you can prevent any uh, liver related complications. But it actually doesn't prevent reinfection. So people that are conti- exposed to the virus again, and that's through blood to blood contact through contaminated needles, contaminated medical equipment, other uh, types of blood exposures, um, it is actually possible to get reinfected, which is um, which is why we still need a vaccine, and we're continuing to work on that.
2: Oh, thank you
1: very much. And I guess this is something that we as patients should be asking our doctor because I don't believe it's something that's routinely done.
3: Yeah, that's exactly the point. And part of it is that there were previous uh, guidelines that, against uh, baby boomer screening. Um, But I would actually argue that a lot's changed since those guidelines. The biggest thing is that now we have access to these new uh, life-saving curative treatments across almost all jurisdictions in Canada, Um, and that's for anyone who's infected, and that's partially because although the prices are arguably still too high, they have come down a lot, which means that they're now uh, able to publicly fund these treatments, and by treating people up front, We save long-term health expenditures related to treating people's advanced liver disease with expensive therapies like uh, liver transplants. So that's why we hope that these new guidelines will encourage primary care physicians, nurse practitioners, family doctors uh, to start screening people. But I would encourage you to do exactly what you said. Go to your doctor and ask them to screen you for hepatitis C if you fall into that age group of people born between 1945 and 1975.
1: Okay, Heidi, thanks for your call. Thank you, Libby, and thank you, doctors. Okay. Uh, Bye-bye. Okay. uh, So, uh, you know, it's interesting. There are some people who advise saying you don't really need your regular annual so-called physical checkup. So if you don't have a checkup, you're recommending that people just go to their doctors and ask for this, Correct.
3: Well, the the thing is, is that with the regular checkup, and maybe Dr. Gandhi can speak to this as well, I, I, there, there has been a, a push away from that a little bit, but it's important to remember that a number of screening interventions are still based on your age. So that doesn't necessarily apply to very young people who are generally very healthy, that, that they, they, they don't need the, the checkup. But for people, certainly once you're above the age of 50, there are a lot of recommendations for screening for specific things. For example, breast cancer, colon cancer, and now for hepatitis C.
1: Okay, and Dr. Gandhi, what would you like to leave us with on this? Yeah,
2: so I would just say that the move away from the annual checkup is a move towards something called a preventative health exam. So, what family physicians are doing uh, on a regular basis now is when you see a patient once a year, going through a a list of what is appropriate to check for for that person. Um, The annual physical was more, uh, let's just check everything, which isn't really uh, that appropriate. So now what physicians are doing, and actually a number of family physicians that I know, uh, in my neck of the woods, have been screening for hepatitis C in this age group for the past few years. But what they're doing is they're looking at the patient saying, okay, based on your age, based on your sex, based on your family history, these are the things that we should check for on, our, on a regular basis. And so it's not so much that we're not uh, checking people, it's that we're not doing everything on everyone.
1: Okay. That is all the time we have. Thank you so much to Dr. Jordan Feld and to Dr. Sohail Gandhi. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you very much, Lydia.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.